Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Well, hello, welcome. Uh, If I don't know you, hi, my name is Caleb. Say your name on three, one, two, three. Nice to meet you. We're going to be best friends. Awesome. It's great that you're here. Uh, I have to move a little quickly this morning because the Lord has given me a word for you, but I have the great distinct privilege of leading the entire Resting Place family. Uh, I never wanted to lead a single church, much less four of them, uh, and we've planted four churches. We call them campuses, but they have their own pastors, just like Pastor Jimmy and Gigi, their own elders, and I get to lead those people and then be a guest speaker at the churches I planted. It's pretty fun. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing nowadays, and I'm excited about it, and I'm grateful that you're here. We'd love to connect with you. If, if you're not already connected with us, there are connection cards over there at the giving station, or you can simply go to our website, trpfamily.org, and put in your email address. You'll get in the know for everything, okay? If you just want to get connected and know more about what we're doing. You can also put in your prayer requests. We invite you to do that. We truly pray for those prayer requests that come through. Amen. And I get, I get all of them from all four campuses. So I'm constantly praying just because it's constantly coming through my inbox. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord, for Cindy Lou and, and this and that. And I'm just like, you know, no one's named Cindy Lou. I'm just, <laughs> anyway. OK. So and also, if you are a part of this family, I encourage you to pray about serving. You know, we serve from a place of rest. This isn't the lazy place. It's the resting place. And we say a whole family, a healthy family serves. Amen? If only one person at your house does all the serving, that's a problem. All right? So this is the family of God, and we invite you to serve. And we do have some needs, like our host team. We didn't have anyone to serve that today, and that's why there's no coffee. So, you know, this is how I say it to our team. Vacuums suck, but they find stuff. And maybe you're the one that's supposed to be found to help us serve coffee on Sunday. There's a vacuum right now. You hear that sucking sound? <gasps> Lack of caffeination. Lack of caffeination. Yeah, you hear that? Yeah. Well, maybe you're being called by God to serve. Amen? OK, two of you, three of you say amen. Amen? The path to greatness is servanthood. According to Jesus, that's how you become great in the kingdom. Amen. All right, now to the other stuff on my iPad. I really felt from the Lord this week. I was so excited. This is my first time in 2023 preaching at the Tampa campus, the first campus. You got a special place in my heart. You know, this was the first. And so I'm excited to bring to you a message called Unrestrained Boldness. Say unrestrained. Unrestrained. Say boldness. This is the Book of Acts kind of boldness that is needed. One of the things the Lord showed me uh, at the beginning of the year during my little vacation time was that we as a church, the Resting Place Church, I thought it was a regional thing. I think it's just a Resting Place thing. The Resting Place Church is going to see five times as many salvations as we've seen in the last, uh, the whole history of our church, the last five years. So four and a half years plus. So we say amen to that Lord. And we say, here am I, send me. Come on, because that's going to require some boldness. That's going to require you getting off the bench and into the game. And it's not going to mean you have to get super weird. It just means you need to be super natural, Okay, Super natural. Say natural. Naturally super. So in your going about, in your everyday, when you go to work, you don't need to walk in tomorrow morning and say, that long hair guy said, it's time to be bold. I'll come in the name of Jesus to work today. I want everyone to know. That would be super weird. Be super weird. And super ineffective, just letting you know. So be like, oh, he's 
lost his ever-loving mind in the name of Jesus. And that is slightly biblical, but don't go that way. Okay, don't go that way. The Bible says if we're out of our minds, it's for God. If we're in our right minds, it's for you. So anyway, it's good to let the Lord use your personality, your way. I'm going to say this right at the beginning. Boldness is not a personality type. Boldness is not a personality type. You can have a quiet boldness. You can. You absolutely can. You don't have to be loud. You don't have to be obnoxious. You don't have to whatever to be bold. But boldness, true boldness, the boldness I'm talking about is not of this realm. It's from heaven. It's from another realm, and it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to read out of Acts chapter 4. But before we get there, I'm going to paraphrase just the context, OK? I want you to know where this falls in the divine storyline. Acts chapter 1, Jesus, after he resurrected, spends time with the disciples, because we believe that Jesus raised from the dead. Can I get an amen? amen. On his own, he raised himself from the dead. Can I hear an amen? He didn't need any help. He just popped up out of that grave and said, here am I. I am. All right? So he appears to the disciples, and it says in verse 3 of chapter 1, with many proofs, at many times, in different ways, he threw over and over again. It wasn't one time with Thomas not being there. You know what I mean? It wasn't one time walking through the walls. He walked through a whole bunch of walls. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 15, it says that he appeared to 500 at one time. And I'm like, wait a minute. This week, I was like, wait a minute. Did he, like... Stand on a hill and 500 could see him, you know, because I'm thinking about like, you know, like there's stages now and, you know, microphones up. But then it's like thinking about, was he on the hillside of Galilee and 500 people just looked in the right direction? <laughs> or did he appear to 500 people at one time? At different places. At one, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not preaching doctrine. It's just that's all it says. We're left to speculate. Like, Whoa. <laughs> Amen? OK. So he shows himself to be God, and then he ascends into heaven. Amen? And he sits down on the right hand of the Father. And then in chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost, because he told him to wait until you're endued with power, power from on high. OK? And then Peter stands up and preaches, because everybody's speaking in the native tongue of the, of the guests, and says, this is that which the prophet Joel spoke of. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. And 3,000 people come to Jesus in one day. 3,000 people. Side note, if you're like, I'm not, I'm introverted. I like numbers. I like being behind computers. Somebody had to count. Yeah. <laughs> That's your job. Be bold in counting. Amen? Come on. I'm ashamed to say I actually don't have the number of how many people have been baptized at this church in the last four years. I'm ashamed of that. I wish I had that number. We need some bold counters who they are going to, they live and breathe on knowing the number. Amen? Does that help any admin people in here? You're like, oh, thank God. I like Excel. I don't Excel up there, but I like Excel. I don't Excel with a microphone. I Excel behind a computer. Amen. Count for us. Goodness. Somebody counted 3,000. You know, they were slinging certificates, you know, baptism certificates. I'm just kidding. Just joking. <laughs> they repented and were baptized. And then in Acts 3, Peter and John are going about their day, going to, the pra going to prayer to the temple, and a lame man, born lame, 40 years, unable to walk, gets healed. They say, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And he stands up and he walks. He goes into the temple, walking, leaping, and praising God. Okay? And what's amazing about this is this is the turn. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are the acts of Jesus. Amen? But the book of Acts are the acts of the church. Let me help you. You're living in the day of the book of Acts. Are there still acts to be done by the church? Is the church still called to act? 
then you're living in Bible times. And we need to get biblical. I want something biblical to happen this morning. Not like, oh, that was such a good sermon, brother. I learned a lot. I'll never use it. Amen. I want something biblical. I want something real to shake us on the inside. And maybe the outside. Let the walls also. Amen. I'm ready for my stinking knee to be healed. I tore my MCL three weeks ago. So I'm doing pretty good. I'm actually kind of miraculous what I'm doing. So I'm just keep bending. And I'm like, Lord, because I can't bend past there. We'll see what happens by the end of the day. Amen. Amen. I got to sit in a plane for 11 hours on Saturday in coach going to Israel. So this thing's got to get dealt with. The Lord knows I'm bougie about my plane flights. He knows. <laughs> so this guy gets healed. This lame man gets healed. And then he goes in walking, leaping, and praising God. And Peter turns to the crowds. And again, he stands up and preaches. And he calls them to repent. All right? The religious leaders get angry and outraged because he's looking at them and saying, you killed the Messiah. Talk about boldness. Sticking in the finger, your finger in the face of the dudes who did it and saying, you crucified God. And they get mad, obviously. Like, don't you know we're like the church leaders? Don't you know we're the experts on this God thing? How dare you, right? And so they get mad, and they throw them in jail. They arrest them and throw them in jail for the night. And then the next day, they take them out in front of the council, all the leaders, and they question them. And that's where we'll pick up the story, Okay, In Acts chapter 4, we're going to read verse 8 through 22. You'll be fine. I know that's a lot of scripture. You'll be okay. (laughs) We like the Bible here. It says, Peter. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Say filled. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Answered. Respected elders and leaders of the people, listen. Are we being put on trial today for doing an act of kindness by healing a frail, crippled man? Well, then, you and everyone else in Israel should know that it is by the power of the name of Jesus that the crippled man stands here today completely healed. You crucified Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but God's raised him from the dead. Pause for a minute. You got to get, step into the story. They were put in jail yesterday for saying those words to these people. Uh-huh. Like, think of the courage it took. This is otherly. This is not earthly courage. This is not man like, you can do this, Pete. Like, John's like going, like, you got him, Peter. You got him. You can do it. No, this is the power of the Holy Ghost. This is the boldness of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It's not a contrived boldness. It's not him trying. It's just flowing out of him. He says, this Jesus is the stone that you, the builders, have rejected. And now he has become the cornerstone. There is no one else who has the power to save us. For there is only one name to whom God has given authority by which we must experience salvation, the name of Jesus. Amen? All right. In this this Presbyterian meeting. Amen? Amen? Oh. The council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John, especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men who had never had religious training. Oh, that makes me feel good. I'm that guy. I've never had training. I've never been to Bible school. I've started to. I've never attended one. And that makes me feel good. Because he goes on to say, then they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with him. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. 
Many of us are like, well, I can't preach. I can't speak the word of the Lord because I've never been to school. You got it backwards. <laughs> You're actually a better candidate for speaking with boldness the word of the Lord than those of us who have been highly trained and educated and can't get it out of our own heads and into God's mind. <laughs> You're actually better qualified. Come on. It proves it's him and not you. The trap is, I'm not against learning. I'm, in, I'm taking classes all the time. I'm reading. I read more than almost anyone I know, OK? I'm not against education. Amen? Come on. I'm not against education. I'm against education that makes you think you're the source <laughs> of anything. End of statement. <laughs> Period. They began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with them. Standing there with them was the healed man. And there was nothing further they could say. So they ordered them to leave the room while they discussed the matter. It's like, OK, we can't refute that he's healed because he's right there. Um, you guys leave. We're going to talk about it. We're going to have a holy huddle. Among themselves, they said, what should we do with these men? Everyone in Jerusalem can clearly see that they performed a notable sign of wonder. We can't even deny that. What? They just said, that's real. It happened. It's true. This lame man, 40 years, now he's healed. They confessed that it was God, that it was a sign and wonder. Are you with me? Oh my gosh. But, it keeps on, but to keep this propaganda from spreading. <laughs> Do you see the blindness that comes with the spirit of legalism, that comes with the spirit of pride, that says, that didn't happen through me, so it's not real? That didn't ha start in my church, so I can't trust it? <laughs> Come on, somebody. That over there doesn't make sense in my mind, so it can't be God? You got the same film that they had. <laughs> I love you enough to tell you. <laughs> to keep this propaganda from spreading any further among the people, let's threaten them severely and warn them to never speak to anyone in this name again. Or else more, he more people might get healed. And we don't want that. Because it would authenticate what they're saying, that we are to blame for killing God. You see the connection here? They were in self-preservation mode, right? They were protecting their, their reputation. You know, many churches don't pray for the sick because they don't want the reputation of praying for someone and they don't get healed. Many churches don't lay hands on any because they don't want the reputation of laying on somebody and nothing happening. Many people don't step on in faith, individuals, because they don't want the reputation of missing it. Let me help you. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. If you don't miss it every now and then, you're not stepping out in faith. <laughs> And all you're really concerned about is your own reputation. Your own pride is getting in the way of maybe the one who gets healed out of the five. Is that good enough or not? Hello. <laughs> Let's threaten them severely and warn them never to speak to anyone in this name again, because we don't want to look bad. Many people, churches don't even believe in casting out demons anymore, build entire theologies around it. Because they're afraid of how it might look if someone starts manifesting a demon. Oh, no, we let someone with a demon in. Let me help you. If you don't start casting them out, they'll just hide in the third and first and fifth and first and second row. They'll just lie dormant because they're not scared of you. The devil doesn't care you go to church. He's... he's cheering you along your way as long as you keep coming and nothing changes. He's like, yeah, keep it up. Keep it up. Good job. 
Take notes. Write it down. Study it later. Your heart's not right, so I don't care. It's great. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Hallelujah. So after threatening them, they brought them back into, before the council, and they commanded them never to teach the people or speak again using the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, you can judge for yourself. Is it better to listen to you or to God? It's impossible for us to stop speaking about all the things we've seen and heard. Woo! Since the members of the council couldn't come up with a crime they could punish them for, they threatened them once more and let them go. You stop that right there. Stop it and leave. Never again leave. Never again leave. All the people, praise God, thrilled over the miraculous healing of the crippled man. And the man who received this miracle sign of healing was over 40 years old. You know what that passage doesn't say? It doesn't say anybody came to Jesus in these encounters. Maybe they did. But I just want to point out, it hit me in worship. Peter preached three times in this whole thing. He said it three times. And nobody said, what must I do to be saved? If Peter can preach fresh off the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fresh off a, hero, a healing that people should come to Jesus and know him as Lord and no one does, so can you. Hello? We're like, well, what if they don't come to Jesus? Good, you're tracking with Pete. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I hope for an impartation of boldness today. It's going to happen. I'm so excited about it. I'm going to skip down to verse 29 in Acts 4, because after they're released, they don't stop. They go to a very loud prayer meeting. This is not the prayer meeting. It's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Meow, 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 meow. No. This is, they come in and they go, thank you, Jesus. They're roaring like lions in this prayer meeting. They are shouting. Everybody around in the block heard them, okay? Like the windows are not insulated like ours are now. You know what I mean? Like people can hear this prayer meeting going on. And it says in verse 29, they say, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all, help me, boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. No mention of tongues. Boldness, the one thread that goes through the entire book of Acts that proves that you're being filled with the Holy Spirit is boldness. Not healings, not tongues, not any of that stuff. The proof is in the pudding, all right? It is in the boldness of the believer. Now, let me help you, because you can be indwelt by the Holy Spirit and not overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. Here's what I mean. When we pray, Holy Spirit, come upon us, we're not saying, come from over there on me. We're saying, come up and on me. Come from the inside to the outside, and let me be bold in your name. Come on, somebody. Listen to it in the Passion Translation. Acts 4.31, that last verse. It says, as they prayed, the earth shook beneath them. Isn't that awesome? Come on, say, this isn't a fairy tale. This is a historical fact, you guys. Like, this happened. Like, what if we start praying today and the earth starts shaking, like underneath us? Let's do it. That's my mom. Oh, I love that woman. Come on. She said, let's do it. 
Yes. The earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Like, what if that screen just started going? Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. Listen to this. This is from Brian Simmons. He, does, he has a commentary on this word boldness. It's the Greek word parisia. He says, this involves more than confidence. It was a free-flowing, unrestrained boldness. It can also mean freedom of speech. Come on, America. Where are you at? You love this stuff. Oh, that's right. American freedom of speech. Yes. Come on, somebody. You can amen that. Yes. Amen. Freedom of speech. Parisia carries nuances that are not easily brought over into English. The person who speaks with Parisia will say everything that's on his mind with no restraint, like I'm doing right now, <laughs> flowing out of his heart with confidence. It involves being frank and honest, hiding nothing, and speaking directly to the heart. Most often, it's used as a word for public speaking. But it refers to speech that is not tailored to make everyone happy. Hey, oh, that every pastor and preacher in America would stop tailoring their messages for the people to be happy. Oh, Jesus. Just Tampa Bay. We pray for Tampa Bay right now. Every pastor and leader of Tampa Bay, stop thinking of the people. Think of the person of the Son of God and please him only and piss him off if you have to. <laughs> Amen. Parents, forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, Lord. I'm a little rough around the edges. OK? That's true. I don't want anyone, any child in here, you're not allowed to say that word. Please don't. Honor your parents. Amen? Amen? I'm of like my own unto the Lord age. You're not. So honor your parents. Don't be like, Caleb, please. Parents, I apologize. Forgive me. Uh, it refers to speech that is not tailored to make everyone happy. What an opposite thing. Amen? I, so many times I've heard from church planners and church leaders, look at things through the eyes of the first timer. Oh, God. That is not the boldness of the Holy Spirit. I'm looking at things through the eyes of the Lord, the first and the last, not the first timer. I want to please him only. Amen? And that doesn't mean you be obnoxious like me. OK? God uses my obnoxious, and I'm thankful for it. I'm growing. Amen? I feel like somebody actually needs to forgive me for saying that word I just said. So whoever you are, please, I repent. Forgive me. Thank you. Whoever you are, I just feel it. Like, grieving. I'm so sorry. I meant no offense. I just really want to speak with boldness. It goes on to say, it's not to make everyone happy, but to speak the truth in spite of what it may cost. Just like Peter. He's speaking to the people who put him in jail, and he says the same thing. It might cost him another night in jail or worse. That's Parisia. Are you following me? It's the courage to speak the truth into the ears of others. Brian still goes on. He says, this was reserved only for the highest rank of Greek citizens, not people of other lands or slaves. The right to speak freely was an essential aspect of Athenian democracy, although it sometimes is associated with negative speech. In this context, Parisia refers to an unrestrained boldness. There was a Greek idiom that said, essentially, if you tell me the truth, no matter what the truth turns out to be, I will not punish you. Right? It's known as a Parisiastic contract. So you ever said, like, just tell me, even if it hurts, just tell me. Anybody? I've done that before. That's Parisia. Just be bold. Just tell me, even if it hurts. Just say it. 
I love that they said, look upon their threats, not remove their threats from us, Lord. Many of us are praying to get out from under threat. Stop the threat. Make it all peachy keen. The Bible doesn't show that kind of boldness. It says, in the face of these, these threats, look them right in the face and grant us boldness to go. Come on, somebody. Isn't that different? Doesn't that switch it? Come on. And you might be like, well, I'm not being threatened with jail time. Well, are your finances under threat? Anybody? Anyone under financial threat? The enemy is stealing from you? You know you actually are supposed to have more provision than you have anybody? Raise your hand. Anybody? Yes? 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 Okay. Are your relationships under threat? Anybody got things against your relationship? Hey, look at that. Come on. Anybody? The relationship? Yeah, come on. Husbands and wives. You ever been threatened? Your marriage ever been threatened? Hello? Hello? Then you haven't been married very long. If you're like, no, then I promise you're like on day three, maybe. Okay? Mine was like day one and a half. We got threatened. <laughs> Did, is this really happening? I got to be with you forever? <laughs> She's laughing on the prayer row because that was, yes, the truth. Amen. I'm glad we didn't say, oh, God, deliver us from We pressed in towards one another, and we pressed into God, and here we are. Amen? Amen. And we're staying, right, babe? Come on, stay in. Amen. Are your children under threat? Are the children of the United States under threat? Hello? Is our city under threat? Is our nation under threat? It, did you know that you're in a war? A spiritual war is going on in the heavenlies. And there are agents of the enemy and agents of the Father. And we have to stand up, just like the song was said. We didn't plan that. I love it. There's a lion inside of you. Stand up and praise the Lord with your life. Come on. Proverbs 28, verse 1 says, the wicked flee, the no, no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Come on. So if you have threat in your life, then maybe it's time to pray the same thing they prayed. Lord, look upon these threats and grant me boldness to preach your word, to say what you're saying, to do what you're doing, to say, my family will live and not die, to say, my finances are protected under the new covenant, to say, my children will be taught by the Lord and not by the world, and I'm going to protect them no matter how much they fight it, kick and scream. I'm going to keep that show from playing in my house. I'm going to keep predators off of their access to them through their phones. Absolutely. I don't care what it looks like. I will not give my children to the enemy. I've already given them to the Lord, and they will, he will protect them. That's parisia. I'm here to make the devil pay for everything he ever threatened, every single thing he ever threatened. I'll tell you a quick story, and then we're going to pray. And hopefully this place starts shaking or something. Anytime, Lord. Holy Ghost. Come, Holy Ghost. Shake it now. I don't, I don't care. Interrupt me. I love divine interruptions from Jesus. That's not permission to any of you with a personality. <laughs> Man. I, I, uh, this marriage with my amazing, beautiful wife, Jamani, and our two boys is actually my second marriage. My first marriage, my first wife left me. She had an affair and left, and it hurt. 
and it sucked. And in July of 20, uh, 2014, I was at a, a meeting led by Todd White. And I had been praying for months for my marriage to be restored. I was at Legacy Church, Pastor John Garcia, Todd White was speaking. And he made an altar call for people to come down to the altar and receive prayer, the power of the Holy Spirit. And I've been praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because I knew intellectually that I had the power of God in me. But I didn't know physically. I, hadn't, I, had, I just felt like I needed to be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, because it hadn't happened yet. And so I went down there. He laid hands on me. Nothing. Nothing happened. And he walks on to the next one. You're like, great story, Caleb. That's a faith building story. It's not the end of the story, OK? And he goes on, and he doesn't come back. And I'm like weeping, wailing. I'm like in this broken place. And I'm just like, I start pounding my fist. I start, Jesus, you, I'm not leaving this altar till you touch me. I'm not leaving until you touch me. And my buddy Daniel Dodd was standing there. He had his hand on my upper back and on top of my head. He was there. And we are good old Baptist boys still at this moment, he and I. We're now recovering. But we were good Baptists then, <laughs> Bapticostals. <laughs> I'm not mad about my Baptist roots. I love it. They taught me to read the Bible. I love it. Anyway, I, I'm standing there. And he leans over. and He says, just take his piece. I said, yes, that's all I want. And literally, I flew backwards. I did. I flew from like here to the, just to the other side of the carpet, like ran into somebody. Some lady had to get her knee healed because I flew through the air. Listen, I, I've got a healthy level of skepticism, OK? I, I, I was like, how did that happen? My mind still, even in this moment, says that didn't happen. But there were witnesses. And Daniel was there. And other people from my Baptist church were there. And they saw it. They couldn't hide it, all right? I fly through the air. I fall on the ground. I, you're like, God wouldn't do this. OK, it's going to get worse. Just buckle up, sister. Because <laughs> I felt a visible, an invisible hand pressing my face into the carpet, holding me down. I could not get up. I sweat through my clothes immediately and was being electrocuted from the inside out for an entire hour. Just like physically shaking for an hour, snot coming out. People are casting demons out of me. I'm like, it's God, leave me alone. You know. <laughs> Anybody been there? Experience God? They're like, come out. I'm like, no, He's coming in. <laughs> Stop. Anybody? Yeah, okay. Okay. You know. All right. Not just me. <laughs> they meant well. Amen. <laughs> I got up from the ground. My ADHD was healed. I had a quiet mind for the first time in my life. I, my mind was still for the first time in my life. And I lost all my fear of you. That was the last day I was scared of any human. I have not been afraid of a human being since. I mean, I've had a gun in my face in Bulgaria. I've preached in Ebor. I've been all over the world sharing the gospel. I am not afraid of you, and I'm not afraid of them. I'm just not. But I didn't intellectually get there. I didn't learn my way into it. I touched the electrical current of Jesus, and he shocked the fear out of me. I can confidently say that was the first day of my parisia. And maybe this is explaining some of this to you. <laughs> maybe this is explaining some of the flag waving earlier. So I waved that flag so hard, my teeth started hurting. Uh, you ever been so winded your teeth hurt? You ran too much? Anybody? Athletes? Or, yeah. I had to sit down like, whoa, I'm dizzy. My face is hurting. My teeth hurt. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I had to like burst some. And my leg is bummed out, so I had to do something. I want that same boldness for everyone here. And I'm going to do something right now. I saw in worship. I checked it with my wife. 
And she was like, yeah, that sounds crazy enough to be Jesus. So <laughs> here we go. This house believes that God put on flesh. Born of a virgin. Not by the will of man, but by the will of the spirit. He grew up, lived a perfect life. He presented himself as the Messiah to the people of Israel, performing signs, wonders, and miracles. That he gave himself over to the hands of sinful men, was betrayed, went to the cross, was ripped apart, brutally mutilated, torn to shreds to pay for your sin and for mine. We believe that he said on the cross, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. And he took on the sin of the whole world, including yours, including mine. We believe he went into the tomb. And three days later, he stood himself up from that grave with no help from anybody else. He raised himself up from the grave, walked outside of that tomb, and presented himself to the disciples. And that brings us back to where we started today. We believe that there's only one name under heaven which you can be saved, that your sins can be forgiven, that peace can come into your heart. And here's what I'm going to do. If you, one of two things, have never said yes in your spirit to Jesus in that way, or if when you said that prayer, it wasn't real, it was surface. When you said yes to Jesus, nothing changed in your life. I'm not here to make anyone question their salvation. I'm saying, if you know you need a real moment right now, stand up. If that's you in this room, stand up. It's OK. No, we're going to wait. You know. Amen. Amen, sister. Come on. Anybody else? If your heart's racing 100 miles an hour, it's you. You should stand up. Yeah. Come on. Amen. 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 Anyone else? Amen. Amen. We believe it. Stay standing. Stay standing. I'm going to try and talk you out of it now. I'm serious. I'm going to tell you what this means. This means your life is over. You don't call the shots ever again. You are losing control right now to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. You're giving your heart to him. You're giving your whole person, your body, your soul, your spirit. You don't get to tell you what to do anymore. You are no longer completely free to go on your own. You are subservient to King Jesus. Amen, sister. Thank you for standing. Do not do this. Do not do this if you're not willing to do that. Sit back down right now if you're not willing to give your entire person to him. And there will be no judgment here. You're just not ready. It's OK. This will not be halfway. This will not be false. I don't need numbers. We need boldness. It's real or it's not right now. If you keep standing and you pray, it's over for your old man. And it's also over for the devil. Over your life. Yeah? Yeah? Yes? 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 Sit down if it's not real. Right now, no judgment. Sit down if it's not real. I mean it. This is not a pressure thing. You're just not ready. It's OK if you're not ready. It's OK. No judge. Like, I've been in a lot of places. I wasn't ready for stuff. It's OK. But if it's real, stay standing. Amen. All right. 
Here's what we're going to do. Family of God, surround these right here. Come on. Get your hands on them. Ha ha. Come on. And those, those who stood are going to pray. No one else is going to pray. Those who stood are going to pray. And you around them are just going to be support your new family. Those who stood, say this out loud. Father God. Loud and proud. Father God. You sent your son. Come on, make your brothers and sisters hear you. You sent your son on my behalf, just those who stood earlier, on my behalf to pay for my sins. He is God Almighty. His name is Jesus Christ. He died for me and the whole world. And today I believe it. In the depths of who I am, I believe it. And I give my life to King Jesus, my entire life to him. I hold nothing back. And I say, here am I, Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.